Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today's a uh, solo episode going over some Q&A questions from Instagram. Before I dive into that, I just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you are sick of just focusing on weight loss and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I help you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one to two bottlenecks that we find outside of the training and nutrition protocol that are keeping you from seeing the results that you want to see. So if you're interested in finding out more about that, you can reach out on Instagram or you can follow the link in the show notes and we can go from there and continue that conversation. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan for the next couple months. If you want to learn more about Body Recomp, I have my 75-minute masterclass on Body Recomp, what it is, how to do it, and you can find the link to that in the show notes as well. Second, if you are most active on Instagram, so if you want to give me a follow there, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore. Like I said, whenever I do these Q&As, these Q&A episodes, I get these from Instagram. I also do them twice a week as well. So if you have any questions, you can ask me there. And I'm just most active on social media or on Instagram as well. So if you have any questions or anything or just want to reach out, um, that's the best way to do it. And then lastly, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review, and that will help more people find this podcast. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's uh, question. So my first question is, does a diet break have to be seven days or a certain length of time? I think this is a great question because... I think a lot of times with a lot of these concepts and just, again, just a lot of these, we have to put like, you have to put words to certain um, topics, right? So for example, body recomp, it's, you just, it needs to be named so that way you can reference it. And it's helpful for like re- research purposes as well too. It's something like a diet break. Again, somebody will hear diet break and be like, oh, it has to be this certain amount of time or same thing with a deload. And I'll put these two together, but really there's a lot of flexibility built within these concepts. And I think sometimes people get too caught up. And, and I used I used to be this way as well too, where it's, for example, diet break, oh, it has to be one week at time, it has to be two weeks, whatever. But again, there's probably some flexibility built in. I think th- what's better is to understand the concept and like what you would use it for, understand the principle of it. So with a diet break, again, a diet break is going to be a, a period of time during a fat loss phase where you bring your calories back to closer to your maintenance, usually via carbohydrates, right? And so that would be a diet break, right? And this is usually considered a week or longer with it, right? And so that that would be what you would, that's what we would call a diet break, right? So they can really be as short as you want. And so here's where, again, we start to get different concepts intertwined. And oh, I thought that if it's less than a week, then it's like a refeed, or if it's less than two to three days, it's a refeed. And so anything less than three to four days is what may commonly be called a quote unquote refeed, but they're basically the same thing, just different ways to name it. And so I think from my understanding, they need to do this from like a research standpoint where it's like, Hey, if you're going to call something a diet break, it has to be X amount of time frame. If you want to call it a refeed, it's like less than a week or like a couple days, but these are basically the, the same things, right? Cause a refeed is going to be a couple days throughout the week where you bring your calories to maintenance, you bring them, you can do that via car carbohydrates or whatever. And then obviously with the diet break, it's just an extended like refeed multiple days in a row. 
what I was saying here on this is a diet break can really be as long or short as you want it, right? So maybe, for example, if your plan is to diet break for one week, but after three to four days, you're feeling good and ready to get back at it. I don't see anything wrong with getting back to your deficit sooner rather than later. I think if, again, you set it out for a week, you're feeling good, your hunger and cravings went down, mentally you feel better, your energy is a little bit higher. Like I feel like at that point, if you're if you have fat loss goals and um, you want to just get back to it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, where a diet break, where we don't want it to be too short is if you've been dieting for a really long period of time. And again, this is like a period of time where you want to make sure you really drop off diet fatigue. The, lo- the leaner you are, the longer you've been doing it, the longer that is going to um, impact. It's going to take a little bit longer to get rid of that diet fatigue. But if you just add something short term, come up and you just needed a week here where you're going to take a diet break, but you're feeling better. I think three to four days is perfect. So just to go to like my diet break right now, I'm in the middle of one. And my thought was, Hey, I'm probably going to take it from like Friday to Thursday. But if after three to four days, like I'm feeling better, I feel recovered. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get back to the fat, uh, get back to fat loss. Now, if you have it set out for a week, you feel good after three to four days. I don't think there's anything wrong with sticking with that one week as well, too. I think so long as you don't have a particular time frame that you need to be lean by, which most people don't, like unless you're doing a bodybuilding show, some sort of like photo shoot, uh, weight comp, like uh, where you have to m- manipulate your uh, body weight to get to a certain weight. I don't think you need to, I, I would always caution on taking a little bit longer uh, with it versus, hey, it's two days. I feel good. Not time to get back at it. So I would always push you towards, there's really no downside to it other than it might just take you a little bit longer. But at the end of the day, what's an extra three to four days or five days at maintenance, right? Because again, we don't have that specific time frame that we need to be done by. And I think just going a little bit slower is better for adherence and, and lean body mass there on that. And so I, I also made this point too on this question. It's it's the same way I view deloads now. I think if you're feeling good after three to four days, then you can probably go back to regular training if you want to. Uh, again, in saying this, there's nothing wrong with taking a few more days if you think it's best to play it on the safer side or if you've just been, or if you just like having mentally a, a week that you don't have as much pressure slash stress to get certain things done. Right. So again, it's, it's the same thing there. Like with the deload, it's, Hey, if you're good after three to four days and you want to get back to training progressively and pushing yourself a little bit more, that's fine. But again, there's no downside to really waiting a couple extra days to really be sure uh, that things are, are going down, your fatigue's going down and you're, and you're good to get back at it. And again, from like the mental standpoint, like I enjoy having a week where maybe training isn't as uh, overloading and I could just go in and have a, a lighter week. And for me, mentally, that helps me um, refresh. So uh, again, it's going to be individual. And like I said, I think if just to be on the safe side, it's probably, uh, you probably want to bias on sticking to your initial game plan and going just a little bit longer. And this is in the concept of a week, right? Now, obviously, if it's, you, you don't want to deload for three to four weeks or anything like that. Now, again, if it happens, but this is a different conversation at that point. But again, if it's three to four days and you just want to be on the safe side, always probably a good idea to just push it out to a week just to get a little bit more recovery and whatnot, because then the downside with going too short is then you could be under recovered and it didn't do what it, what you intended it to do. And um, you're just going to have a little bit of lingering fatigue. And you can, again, take this concept to the diet break uh, as well too. So hopefully I answered that question um, pretty good uh, there on that. Uh, but again, I think we just it's good to follow these like concepts and again, oh, the diet break is seven days or longer and it needs to stick to that. But also realize there's probably some flexibility in some of this stuff and you don't have to just be so constrained to that. All right. So next question, these last two questions are going to revolve around uh, zone two cardio, which I've been getting into a lot more lately. So how much weekly 
do you recommend uh, for zone two cardio? Can it be done after workout? So two questions in one here. First, before I dive into that, I just want to go over a couple mistakes that I made with cardio when it comes to like muscle growth and like body composition, and then some benefits of zone two, and then I'll dive into the weekly uh, setup there with it. So I think a lot of times when, and this is in the Remember, this is through the lens of a body composition, right? So we're trying to get more muscle, have less body fat, just look better overall, right? And so I think some mistakes that people make with when they hear the term cardio is it's more focused on fat loss and not the health benefits of cardio, right? Again, people's like perception of cardio is like, oh, I have to do a ton of cardio. That's how I lose weight, right? And they don't really focus necessarily on the, the health benefits come along with it. And I think that's where it can be misapplied and probably where cardio can get a bad rap and where like it, it, it can end up being detrimental for body composition, right? Again, I think the first thing here is taking that shift from a fat loss focus to, to health focus, right? Hey, I'm doing this for my health and, and this in turn is going to help with my body composition versus I'm doing the cardio for body composition purposes to lose body fat, which is probably not going to be a great way to go about it. And we'll, I'll tie these in. So what this leads to then is too much like high intensity cardio all the time, right? So we have different zones here of cardio. So you have your zone one, which is like just basically what you'd be doing, at, uh, just like walking basically just every day, just everything that you do, just moving around. Zone two, where it's a little bit higher intensity, but it's it's still, you're not getting that heart rate super high. This is like your long, slow distance, long distance, slow type training. And then you have zone three, four, and five, which gets your heart rate a little bit higher. Now, the downside with these is it does come with a little bit of a higher fatigue cost, right? Zone five, zone four and five, you could think of as your like really short-term activity, like 10 to 15 seconds, 30 seconds, like all out. And then after that, it's your energy really goes down. And you really get your heart rate up, right? Now, the downsides with these higher zones is that you end up, it, it comes with a high fatigue cost, right? So that's why we push you towards this kind of zone two, because it doesn't come with as much fatigue. Basically why I'm bringing that up is because I say too much high intensity training when it comes to cardio, people focus too much on getting their heart rate up and they spend too much time in these zone threes, four and fives, which again, they have adaptations are good. You probably want to get into those from time to time. But if that's like all you're ever doing for your cardio, you're going to be putting a lot of wear and tear on your body. There's going to be high fatigue costs to it. Your recovery is going to suck and your body's just not going to be in a great position from like a muscle growth standpoint, probably not from a fat loss standpoint. And you could see how this could wreak havoc on your body composition, right? So when we have this fat loss focus, that's what ends up happening there with it. And then on top of it, because it's fat loss focused, it's usually paired with poor nutrition. So again, people are like not doing it, not getting enough protein in, they're not getting enough calories overall because they're trying to lose body fat. So then that leads to poor recovery, right? So again, your body's just going to probably when it when it has a choice to make an adaptation or to recover it's always going to prioritize recovery first and so if you're just sending all these if your body's just it's overloaded with stress too much high intensity training not enough food it's it's again that recovery you're just going to be like spinning your wheels here because your body's going to be just trying to catch up here with the recovery side of things and then people end up burning themselves out they get hurt and this is where it's like oh cardio is bad you lose muscle you don't see it doesn't improve your body composition etc right and so i think the big shift there has to be from the cardio being from fat loss to uh, health benefits, right? Let's focus on those health benefits. And so before I dive into the specifics of why we'd want to do zone two is basically what happens then is if you're somebody who does it for fat loss purposes, or you're somebody who just lifts weights and you're like, oh, cardio is bad for health or bad for body composition, it's you end up either doing all high intensity or like just weight training, right? So you're always in that higher zone training. We're not ever really getting into that like zone two 
type training where again, you're going to, it's going to come with low fatigue costs, but also really hit this different system that you don't hit from these higher intense activities. So what this means is a big chunk of your cardiovascular health is largely untapped. If this is how you do it, you're either all your cardio super intense, or you just do hit training and like weight training, or you just do weight training. Again, you're like zone two, that, that, that specific heart rate is usually uh, it's untapped, right? So it's a missing link here with this. Again, I think I don't want people to be like, oh crap, this is why, like it, I think it will play a big role and it will really help things out for you in terms of like body composition and overall health. But if you're getting a good amount of steps, your weight training, maybe you're doing this higher intensity cardio every once in a while, you're most of the way there, right? Like I, it's, this isn't going to be super detrimental and uh, oh no, like you're just, you're everything you did for the past 10 years was just a complete waste of time or whatever the time frame was. That, that's not the case, but I, I do think that there could be some additive benefits to um, incorporating this into your routine uh, if you can. Um, so yeah, what I wanted to hit on there with that, I don't think, I, I don't think I uh, missed anything. So what would be some like kind of benefits here of doing this specific zone too? So you're going to have this increase in like metabolic flexibility. Okay. So your body's going to utilize fat as a fuel source better um, because what happens when you aren't very uh, flexible metabolically, like your, your body just uses glucose as energy um, and it's just not as efficient essentially um, for it to always use glucose. Uh, and I actually having a podcast come out here soon. It may actually be this it might have actually came out um, by the time this is out with Mike Nelson. We talk about meta- metabolic flexibility. So I encourage you to go and listen to that uh, podcast episode. Another thing is it will also increase mitochondria and mitochondria efficiency. So that's a benefit of zone two. Really though, what this can do though, is it can improve your recovery in between sets and from day to day. So you're able to do a little bit more volume, which is going to be great from a, I think anytime you can handle a little bit more like volume, that's probably not necessarily the worst thing in the world. There's, you go back and forth on this volume talk, but I think if you can do a little bit more volume, you can recover from things a little bit quicker. That's always going to put you in a better spot, right? So that's a benefit of hitting the zone two cardio, right? This again, and where if you're somebody who's, oh, I'm not doing any type of cardio, which was me, I definitely will admit to that. You might be missing out on being able to do a little bit more work there, especially if you're that weightlifter bodybuilder like myself that's just focused on that for a while. You might have a, you'll, you should see a lower resting heart rate, which is great for overall recovery and just long-term health, lower risk of injury. It, it, it helps your body uh, be able to overcome injury a little bit more by being able to, again, just the recovery aspect of it, blood, like getting blood fl- flow through your body, which is going to be helpful from an injury standpoint. The other big one from like a body composition standpoint is going to be this increase in energy expenditure with minimal downsides and probably improvements in your recovery, right? So it's like you get this, you get multiple, this is why I was a big fan of steps for a while was because I was like, Hey, you get this increase in energy expenditure and it helps with recovery, but you can also get that with the zone two. And with the zone two, you can be a little bit more efficient with the amount of activity, right? Cause it's like steps, you have to go very slow. But with this zone two cardio, you can go a little bit quicker. So it can be a little bit more efficient. I had Jordan lips on, which says podcast should be out either this week or relatively soon here. And if anybody's familiar with the concept of stimulus to fatigue ratio for muscle growth, SFR, this is that zone two cardio is basically that for cardio, right? Is It's that best SFR where it's like you get energy expenditure increase, but you also get uh, minimal downsides, like very little fatigue. If, if anything, it's going to help with your recovery, right? So um that can be a big thing there uh, with 
from a body composition standpoint. It's also slightly different from a mental standpoint. You know, for anybody that's done a lot of weight training, you know, doing this kind of longer distance cardio can be a little bit just a little bit different uh from a mental standpoint, right? Like it's going to require you to just like it's more just like you're in your head just longer and just trying to push through and 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 I think just the way you have to push yourself is just a little bit different from a mental standpoint, which can be good. Um, it's also, it also improves your resilience and ability to deal with increasing load, which I think is great when you are trying to, uh, get stronger. So those would be the benefits of it. Um, and so I just want to talk about to now go into this question. That was a long preference into it. How much weekly do you recommend zone two cardio? Can it be done after workout? So honestly, any amount that you can do as a minimum, even if it's just one is going to be better, right? That's a cop out. But I think if you can just get one in right now, you're good to go. You're going to see improvements there with that, especially if you haven't been doing it. I think one to four times per week at 30 to 60 minutes per session is more than enough for someone who wants to look good and have a really solid cardio base. Okay. So at that point, hey, you want to do one to four. That's a good base. Right now I'm just doing one, but I do see this going up at some point because I do enjoy it. And and the benefits I feel like just are just the, the benefits are, are, are great. And I want to keep pushing that. And especially because I've just neglected it for so long. Most of my clients are currently at one to two per week. And as I say this, my thoughts on this may change slightly as I learn more about all of this, right? I'm still early in the process of learning more about this. So just keep that in mind. Take this with take all this information with a grain of salt here. I may alter my recommendations, but I don't see why one to four times per week when you're coming from not doing any would not be beneficial um, at that point. And 100% yes, it can be done after a lifting workout. This comes into what's your priority. And if your goal is body composition, I think you need to prioritize your weight training. So just make sure you do your weight training sessions first if you go back to back like that. So that's kind of the recommendations of, of zone two. Now, my last question on zone two was, should I stick with the same machine for zone two? And I think over time, you can change this up. But short term, I would try to stick with the same modality. Modality being, are you doing like a bike? Are you doing like an echo bike? Are you doing elliptical? Are you jogging? What is it, right? I think of it as being very similar to how you would do weightlifting, right? We don't want to try and change exercises every single time you go and lift because there is some learning that goes into performing each, each exercise, right? If you go in and you change your program up every single time you go in, it's like you're going to spend a big chunk of your energy on learning that movement and, and getting that dialed in versus, Hey, you already learned it. Now you can just progress it. So same type of things. If you do the echo bike one time, then the elliptical, then running, then something else, you're going to have a tougher time sticking in zone two. You can get it done. It's just going to be, you're going to use a lot of energy figuring out what you need, like the intensity that you need to be at to, to get into that zone two versus if you just stick with the echo bike. So again, to reference my zone two so far, I've only done a couple of weeks. So this isn't like I've been doing this for years. First time doing the echo bike, I was like, just my heart rate was too high. I spent way more time in zone three than I needed to be and even a little bit in zone four. So second time around, I was able to get pretty much all in zone two. I had like maybe a minute in like zone three, the, the 45 minutes in zone two though was the rest of it. And it just came down to, I learned kind of the, the pace I need to go at, how hard I need to push myself on it, et cetera. Versus if I would have done that, then jog, I could see how I probably would have had a very tough time getting in zone two had I switched up the second time. But what you could do is if, let's say you do two sessions a week, you could do session one, be on the bike. And then session two could be a light run slash jog outside, right? Do that for six to eight weeks and then switch one out. And saying all this, just getting it done is most important, but it might be a bit tougher if, if you switch all the time. So 
again, don't overthink this, but that's how I would do it there on that. So a nice little episode on some zone two stuff. Again, as I continue to learn more, I'm sure my thoughts on this will evolve and whatnot, but just where I'm at right now with it. So hopefully that was helpful guys. And I will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at JeffH91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.